Hello, friends of Soul Kitchen. Thank you for listening to my podcast. My name is Jasper Mutsaerts. I'm an entrepreneur, adventurer, coach, and wisdom seeker. With Soul Kitchen, I interview people that inspire me. From TED speakers to social entrepreneurs, from activists to artists, from dreamers to seekers, from business people to spiritual teachers. With Soul Kitchen, I empower people to live their quest. Each episode contains a recipe for life. What is your quest? So welcome friends of Soul Kitchen to episode 57. It's the second episode that I'm doing with uh, video. Last week I was in Portugal at the house of uh, Rosa Bertram, who wrote a book about uh, traveling and uh, conscious living. And today I'm sitting with uh, Mark van der Heide, who I got to know a uh, long time ago, not personally, but online, because he was doing a project called The Backpacker Intern, where he traveled the world as an intern in the advertising world. And nowadays, Mark is um, the founder of the Conscious 500, a growth network for conscious leaders. And I joined, um, yeah, I joined the network as a founding member. He called me uh, one or two weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I decided to join. He's also the founder of mm, Cacao, a cacao business, and he's into sound healing and all sorts of uh, exciting uh, things. And today we're going to talk about his, um, yeah, his life journey and uh, what, what, yeah, what's going on uh, today. So, uh, Mark, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Welcome uh, in my home. <laughs> so, can you share where we are at the moment and why you decided to, to live here? Mm. Yeah, we're um, in uh, the center of Amsterdam uh, on a little island in the city uh, on the water because I felt that I still wanted to be close to the city and also still have a feeling of nature. Uh, <laughs> my dog comes walking in here also. <laughs> with, uh, so I live with my partner, my girlfriend uh, Jeline and our dog uh, Zen, uh, who is a uh, beautiful Akita <laughs> and she's just uh, saying hi to us right now here. <laughs> Hello Zen. <laughs> And why did you choose uh, to call your dog Sam? Yeah, so first of all, because it's a Japanese dog uh, and I love Zen philosophy. And I was also thinking like, how many times do you actually say the name of your dog? Which probably is like 20 or 30 times a day. Um, and then I realized like, oh, if it's a name that gives you a good feeling, it probably helps for the dog and, and myself and the people uh, in the dog park as well. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get mad saying Zen, right? So, uh, yeah, I think she's pretty Zen. <laughs> and how did you get in touch uh, uh, with Zen uh, uh, philosophy? Like in what part of your life or in which geographical area in the world were you? Mm. Yeah, I've worked with uh, different uh, Japanese uh, Zen monks. Um, and um, yeah, literally, like, uh, for example, there's a Zen monk who teaches how to clean uh, your house uh, as a way of meditating and that it's never finished but if you yeah if you just stay in the process of, of cleaning up it's also like cleaning up the mind uh, I must say that I'm not a master at it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's definitely something that uh, yeah it's so simple in a way Zen philosophy and so beautiful at the same time and so deep um, there's also a Zen monk called Yogetsu Akasaka, he's a friend of mine, and he 
is a, a beatboxing handband player who is a monk who, who combines like mantras with um, like live looping. And uh, so he's like, yeah, sharing the Zen philosophy through, yeah, through, through live music, you know? And um, yeah, I love it when sort of East meets West, you know, old new worlds are merging. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do have a lot of love for, uh, for Zen in, in all different ways. <laughs> did you stay with Zen monks uh, uh, somewhere in Japan or in a monastery or how, how did that look like? Yeah, it was a monastery called Zoom. <laughs> so it was uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I worked as a creative director at Inner Peace Network. Mm. And um, yeah, we organized different uh, online events. Um, there was one conference that was literally about East meets West. Mm. And I was also uh, like hosting and moderating the talks. And um, yeah, it was really powerful to to feel their presence. I still want to go there at some point, uh, but um, no rush. It will come whenever the time is ready. So. And can you share a bit more about the Inner Peace uh, Network? Sometimes I've seen it online, but I've never really attended an event. So what is it about? Yeah, so it's uh, it was started by um, the people that also started uh, Delight Yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they had uh, Inner Peace Conference, which was a physical event in Amsterdam um, where all different kinds of wisdom teachers came together to teach people yeah, how, to, how to find more peace within. Um, but then the pandemic hit uh, and then they, they couldn't do the physical event, which is going to take place in New York. But then they switched to online and then like a lot of people joined. So that was for them the inspiration to start uh, Inner Peace Network to have yeah, something beyond the physical kind of festival experience and more kind of ongoing online. Um, so yeah, that was something we yeah, worked on for like two years. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, and Zen monks were like one part of all the different kinds of people that, mm. uh, yeah, that we worked with and, and created experiences with for people. So mm. yeah, <laughs> it sounds beautiful. And, um, I got to know you online as a backpacker intern and then later you, you joined Inner Peace. They seem two different types of lifestyles, um, but maybe that's not true. But how did you enter this world or Inner Peace or how, yeah, why did you decide to do that? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So during my travels, I actually started to also travel more within myself. So I feel like the, the external travel can be in a way a metaphor for searching for something or being curious about something. I, I really wanted to understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Yeah. That's a good intention. <laughs> Quite a big challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I haven't uh, found that answer. Uh, and I also, from within myself, know that that's not important <laughs> but it took me quite a while to to accept that realization like i'll never know you know like I, like plato uh, so socrates said um something like the only thing that i know is that i don't know anything hmm. and when i heard that i was like oh uh, so it doesn't matter you know it's cool and it's interesting to learn new things but it's not that i have to know you hmm. know because if, when you think you know you actually don't know <laughs> because it's 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 infinite yeah um so 
yeah, I, I just started to go deeper within myself and, and, and uh, yeah, you can call it the spiritual journey. Uh, I don't think the labels really matter. It's um, self-discovery, self-awareness. <clears throat> and uh, so I really felt called to learn more and combine my experience with working with people from all over the world to, yeah, um, connect it to helping people with their mental health and their awareness and... Um, yeah, and then the the opportunity came to work with all those teachers, and I was like, wow! And, and because I'm not afraid to talk to anyone, it's mm. like I, I can connect with with everyone, you know. And not everyone <coughs> has to like me, or I don't have to like them. But in general, yeah, if it's you know, if it's a, a high priest somewhere, or or Obama, or you know, or Malala, or somebody in the favelas, or I've spoken with so many different people, and yeah. I don't put anyone higher than anyone else mm. and myself also, right? It's like we're we're all equal, same ground. It's like, you know, I go to the toilet. You, you just been to my toilet, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I do groceries. Like everyone, you know, the, also the monks that I know are, yeah, they also don't know. They're also yeah. figuring things out, yeah. you know. They know a lot, but they also don't, don't know a lot. So, so it's kind of the realization that you can't know everything. It, it brought some more, some more peace. And... Um, if you look at your time as the backpacker intern, what if you look back at this period, like uh, what did you learn from it? And maybe you can briefly explain to people what it was about mm. and then also what you learned from it. <coughs> yeah, of course. Um, so as you saw, when you walked into my house, there is a, a cardboard sign that says the backpacker intern. Uh, that's something that I wrote down in the beginning of uh, 2014 uh, in January <clears throat> I was working in advertising for like seven years as a creative uh, and worked on all different kinds of campaigns and brands and um, and then I I spent 48 hours in, in the forest with a, a vision quest uh, it was called nature quest this guy Rijk he invited me and uh, I was like wow this is interesting because I was still in that in the grind you know like five double espressos a day, like four times a week, go party at advertising drinks, you know, and just like work my ass off and just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, <laughs> so I never really stopped. And then this was an invitation to to sit in a circle of six meters in nature alone, without a phone, without uh, a watch, without a book, just being there. And I've never meditated but in that time, so quite a challenge and no food also hmm. so there's three bottles of water for 48 hours and it's like all right good luck <laughs> <laughs> and then i i put up my tent it's like a little tarp and then tried to meditate didn't work and, and they were like if you cannot sit still you can also kind of walk a bit in like a circle or and that, so i was like yeah that's i'm that kind of person or was that kind of person <laughs> and i started to walk in like uh yeah, like infinity sign mm -hmm. uh, just the whole time and I, and I started to say out loud what I was thinking for hours like three or four hours just like everything like I've cried like I've you know, thought about my birth like dying like friends family loved ones like good things bad things like everything just my whole mind at some point was empty it's like whew, I had nothing to think about anymore I was like wow <laughs> it was the first time that I experienced like an empty mind I was like and um, 
and then I got all these like insights and, and, and sort of clarity and, and I was like, man, like, like what, what am I actually doing? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work every single day and, but why, and, and what is it for? And all these questions came. Um, and then <laughs> a few weeks later, I, I quit my job and left my apartment and started the backpacker intern. So the idea was that I would trade my skills, not for money, but for food and a place to sleep at companies abroad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a one minute video to explain it with friends. Uh, and I put it live and then I jumped in the airplane from Amsterdam to Bangkok. Mm-hmm. And in the air, it went viral. Oh, wow. <laughs> in the kind of the creative industry. Um, like Adweek and MTV, Entrepreneur and TEDx and all these things. And I landed like uh, in my hostel and I was thinking this little side project and <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like I had like a 750 job offers from all over the world in the first week. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Day one was like, wow, this is something else. And I realized it and it was so weird. It was, I guess now if I reflect back, that was what you can call a quantum leap. So mm-hmm. it's like a, you're, you're instantly in a completely different reality. Um, so I kind of realized it and then, um, yeah, just hopped on the wave, you know, and, uh, (coughs) figured it out along the way. Um, I ended up doing it for two years and I worked at 32 companies in 27 countries on all seven continents. Mm. That was uh, amazing. It's amazing how such a, uh, small idea, but like, uh, no, like a, I mean, it's a, it's a, in a way a small idea, but a unique idea, unique idea how it can resonate with so many people. And my assumption is that for many people, it probably would be a dream to do something like that. But mm. then they see you doing that. Um, what's your? Why do you think it it, it went viral and got so popular? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I've, I like the comparison with, with surfing and a wave. So it's kind of being so present in knowing when it's the right time to, to actually do it. I think there's some luck involved or synchronicities or the universe or however you see it. Um, I like a deep self-belief because I had a lot of frustrations when I still worked in advertising. I, 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 I was struggling in thinking that I was not good enough. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I need to win a lot of awards because then I'm good enough. So I was looking at other people that were winning like advertising awards. Um, I was like, because then I'm good and then I get a better paycheck. And, you know, then then I really am doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, but it didn't actually make me happy. If and was, this, then that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I wasn't present. I wasn't happy with where I was. So I thought I need to go somewhere or experience something or achieve something to be someone. Uh, and then I was you know, working at LAMS, like really awesome agency. They were really progressive also in um, uh, like pro-social marketing is what they called it by the time, like combining brands to do good for the world, you know. And so I was already kind of called towards more purpose-driven uh, communication. Uh, but then like three times I had like big campaigns that I was gonna, I was like, oh, this is gonna be my breakthrough. You know, I'm gonna win this big Gun Lion award and uh, yeah, now I'm gonna win, you know? And then, and, and then three times it got canceled or 
put on the side. I was so frustrated. Like I was so, so angry at everything. I was like, why is it not working? And then I was so fed up with it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it by myself. Like I'm going to do my own fucking thing, you know? <laughs> and then, and that was sort of that energy of like, I can choose, I can create my own life. And that fueled like the, the, the project, you know? And so there was also no failing for me, you no. know? I already won by just saying I'm going to do it and then actually doing it, buying the ticket, you know? Yeah. I remember buying the around the world ticket, the first six months, um, and I was scared, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to put my credit card in and there's no way back. I was like, take a breath. And I, when I paid it, I was like, wow, here we are, you know. And then nothing else could go wrong because I already chose for myself, you know, essentially. The feeling of buying a one-way ticket is unlike anything else. Right? <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It. It's unlike anything else. Yeah, there's no way back, literally. Because yeah. it has a lot in it. It has a lot leaving things behind. Uh, challenging conventions, not knowing what you're stepping into. When uh, did you do that, actually? Like, buy a so I lived in Amsterdam for a long time, and I also envisioned traveling the world. And then, ironically, I started a travel company, <laughs> but it kept me in Amsterdam because mm. at some point we had offers, employees, investors. Mm. So I got more rooted uh, than expected. <laughs> but I did it, like, nearly three years ago. I felt it was time for a change. And then my first destination was Tanzania and Costa Rica, but it was really... Uh, a yeah, uh, a feeling of self-empowerment when I was in the plane because I had been procrastinating the plan for a while mm. for multiple reasons and then I was going. And then I think once I started, it became easier. It came in flow. But initially it's like, oh, maybe I'm disappointing this person. Maybe I'm disappointing that person. Mm. Um, so yeah, I felt very uh, yeah, empowered. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I recognize a lot from the, the moment you're in the airplane or whatever way of transport. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to promote too much flying. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't aware also by that time that flying was not so good for the planet, yeah. in all truth. Um, so I would not recommend people to just keep flying around the world. Uh, but that feeling of like, it's a bit like from uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, like mm -hmm. Frodo and uh, what's this, other name? this guy, uh, they go together and they, the moment they're kind of out of the Shire, like where they live in Hobbit, Hobbit Village, whatever. It's like they've never been so far as that part and they step over this sort of threshold, you mm. know, they're like, wow, I've never been this far out of the village, you know, and like, let's take that first step, like, woof. and then it's like, wow, it's a whole new adventure starting. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's, that's one of the best feelings, actually. And that's a metaphor for so many different things in life, you know, to just go a little bit outside of your comfort zone or just... Just take that step, you know, mm -hmm. and just see how it is, like a little bit. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I can take another step. And then like, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're aware of the, the hero's journey of uh, Joseph Campbell. And one of the stages is the call for adventure. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe you have some doubts and at some point you're answering the call. And then there's also challenges, but then there are certain helpers that arrive on your path. Because kind of when, once you make clear that you want to do something like backpacker intern, suddenly, yeah, people help you. But in your journey as the backpacker intern, who have been, let's say, key people that have supported you? Of course, you got 750 job offers, mm. but who have been some <laughs> crucial people that supported you in your journey <laughs> that wow. you didn't know when you stepped into the plane? <laughs> mm. Wow. That's a really good question. Yeah, so many. Wow. Like, uh, for me, it's like, it feels like all angels, you know, just like, because... I've been also to quite some dangerous places and then for some reason <laughs> I survived, I'm still here, you know, and um, 
Yeah, there's one, for example, like uh, Alejandro. He's, he's from uh, originally from Colombia, but he lives in, in the US. And uh, in the first week when I launched the Backpacker Intern, I, I got invited to speak at TEDx in mm -hmm. New York, TEDx Team. And he was one of the people that was kind of volunteering and supporting. And, and uh, we had like an instant connection, like kind of brother from another mother, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I was really nervous. It was my first time public speaking. Uh, 2014 in New York City on Broadway with a hundred countries live tuning in from MTV my parents in the audience like super amazing speakers like uh, Q-Tip was one of the hosts from a tribe called Quest Nile Rogers was uh, hosting um, uh, the GSI was one of the speakers like one of the founders from the Wu-Tang Clan mm. it was like and so and there was this girl a woman a girl actually 15 she was uh yeah, like something with landmines and music. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm, I'm nobody. That was kind of how I felt. And, uh, and, uh, and then he was someone that helped me to really like, like ground myself, you know, it's like, yo, like you're, you're, you're supposed to be here, you know, and, and this is just another like stepping stone. Like imagine it feels like you're climbing a big mountain, you're on top of the mountain now, you know, and I was a bit like, yeah, it's true. And he was like, well, but if you, if you take a moment to take a breath and you see the view and you wait until the clouds pass away, you see that there are actually way more mountains, you know, and some are even higher. And, and this is just another, another stepping stone. And I was like, oh, wow. And I, was like, ah. and I felt like, <laughs> you know, and we're still like homies, you know, like yeah. he was here a few months ago. And yeah, some of these really deep um, instant connections that it's, it's like time dissolves, you know, mm -hmm. it's like so much trust in someone, like from the first moment that you, you really see someone, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, and, and the list goes on, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for everyone, you know, I'm, I'm still connected with, with almost everyone, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, everywhere. So. so many people you're still uh, uh, connected with and uh, your new initiative is called the Conscious 500. A growth network for conscious leaders so can you elaborate what it is and to what extent do you bring the people that you've met from your backpacker intern time towards your new initiative mm. so to what extent is there an overlap mm. yeah yeah so like you said conscious 500 is, is a growth network for conscious leaders um, and the mission is to to elevate business for good because what i've seen is what we all know is like uh, or most people know is is you know, Fortune 500, in the Netherlands you have the Quote 500, and there are a lot of like lists that are based on an achievement. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the number one of this, or the number five of this, um, and it serves its purpose. Um, and also, I was questioning, like, is that what the world needs right now, to see who is the best, or is it also a way to see how can we be more equal? How can we be more together? You know, uh, there's a lot of separation. Um, I don't think that's helping in all the stuff that's going on. I feel it's time to to come together, you know, and, and just embrace our humanness, you know, and, and, and uh, like acknowledge how how difficult life is, you know, and can be. But it, but But if you can share how difficult it can be, and support each other with all of our best resources and insights and connections and ideas and i believe it is possible to do this together and, and create a more beautiful world and i've chosen for 
conscious leaders that that resonate with the mission to to elevate business for good because the businesses have a lot of impact on 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 everything uh you know all the systems our economy uh our lives you know uh our 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 planet you know future generations like i want my kids to and their kids and their kids to live in a in a in a safe world you know a place where we don't we don't have to you know uh like fight each other you know it's not needed we can do a little boxing match it's fine you know but not like destroy each other come on um so how this resonates yeah i, I guess for me having traveled to like 60 countries on all continents and having met so many people not in a hostel also in a hostel <laughs> but actually also in companies and businesses and, and and so many different situations that i don't see any reason why we should we should like create these islands you know it's like we're all we're all like we're all unique but nobody is special you know we're all equal you know we're we're, we're all humans like we have our own struggles and we have the things we love and let's just find each other there you know and meet each other and um yeah so there are a lot of people from my travels in the last seven eight years that i know are people that resonate with this mission you know so it's uh yeah that's why i'm not worried about growing this into 500 people around the world like i've, I've met them mm -hmm. and that's only a few you know that i know but every new member like yourself uh you know can introduce like a plus one or plus three or you know and from there it's like organically it will like evolve itself mm -hmm. um not in any rush but no. just slowly yeah in a conscious way <laughs> like evolving that's the that's the intention yeah. beautiful um beautiful idea and um uh, five minutes before i entered uh, this door i was looking at uh, google uh, fortune 500 history um, um, and apparently it was created in 1955 uh, by Fortune magazine. Sometimes you forget that certain things are also created by magazines. Mm -hmm. um, and um, Fortune 500 is, is the list based on, on revenue. So is this kind of, um, does this have a relationship with the Fortune 500 or is it inspired by or is it a coincidence uh, that it also has the number 500? Yeah, it's it's an alternative, you know, and uh, so it's um, yeah, it's like it's everybody knows this, and then here is another another thing to look at at business, you yeah. know. So it it's like uh, in a way, it helps that a lot of people are aware of this list of five hundred or these kind of lists. It's not only the Fortune five hundred. Mm. So in every country there is like a, a quote five hundred or Fortune yeah. five hundred and a marketing five hundred and. Uh, and and so I feel it's like an easier bridge for people to 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 remember this, you know, to understand it. Like, oh, okay, there's another list, and then it's like, oh, it's not a list. Hmm, why not? You know, and that's like a little, just a little wake up call, like a little opening of the mind to see that it can be uh, it can be different, you know, and innovation, uh, yeah can be super extreme but it can also be like a little there's a little opening up it's like mm. oh wait oh we can also look at it from this way like, yeah. Hmm. yeah let's see so it's an alternative way of looking at business and um, um your your mission is to elevate business as a force for good can you give an example of someone that joined the founding circle 
that you view as a is a beautiful representation of what you uh, inspire to uh, achieve or create. Mm. Yeah, there's this guy called Jasper Mutzart. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so crazy because like I've 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 been like also following you for 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 quite a few years actually, and just kind of seeing what you're doing, but we never talked before. No. And then uh, one or actually two of our mutual friends, they said like, oh. Ah, this is perfect for Jasper. Like, you just talk to him. I was like, his name keeps coming back. Like, Jasper, Jasper. Like, so okay, Jim. Like, all right, go, go. All right, all right. This, this. And I think you actually then just called me because yeah. we got connected in a WhatsApp yeah. group uh, by Lisa. So thank you, Lisa. And um, <laughs> and this was like three days before the opening circle, like the launch of Conscious yeah. 500. It was on 11 11. And uh, we just talked like we've known each other for years like, yeah man what, so what is it about it's like this okay cool and then what do you do like, blah 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 okay and then uh, and I was like yeah man just, just let me know you know it's, yeah. it's in three days he was like alright cool I'm gonna sleep a night over it and I'll let you know <laughs> and then uh, like two hours later he's like I'm in <laughs> <laughs> two hours later <laughs> I didn't wait one night yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like wow this is amazing so yeah, I think that's the best example because it's um, it's a, it's like this what we talked about before, like taking that step, like kind of trusting the unknown of like, yeah. of course it needs to align and, and feel right and and you know, but there's also like sort of uh, it, 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 you don't need to overthink things sometimes. No. Actually, it never really helps. <laughs> so just trusting the gut feel, and I, I feel like. I was really impressed actually by you by just like doing that. I was like, wow. I was like, man, he just joined. Like we never really met, you know. Like wow, because these other people I've 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 known for a while. At least I've had more conversations and yeah. And now we're here in my living room. You know, it's like it's so amazing. Yeah. And um, sometimes uh, what I've noticed in my initiatives, um, sometimes I feel people make a decision very heavy in their lives. For instance, I offer retreats, but for me, it's not the biggest decision in the world to, to join yesterday. But some people uh, make it very hef- big decision, mm. uh, but sometimes I like to view decisions like more in a, in a light way. Mm. So what has been your experience, specifically this initiative, you've been approaching people. Mm. Some people say yes, some say no, some say maybe or maybe later. Mm. But how do... Um, uh, yeah, people approach decision making, or what have you learned about how people hmm. make decisions? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I've spoken to more than 60 people that I felt that resonate with the mission, you know, and at least I was curious to, to, to explore, like, hey, how do you see this? And, um, and that was only like sort of the Netherlands, you know, Spain, Portugal, UK. I see that as the first hub to where we go live. And then, so it's like 1% of my network, you know? Mm. So it's like, because I, I, I really want to focus on bringing people physically together um, instead of having like every week, like a Zoom call or something. Mm. Um, unless people want that. But what I've learned from all these conversations is that people are quite tired of, of all these online meetings, you know? And uh, rather have, yeah, a few high quality physical gatherings to build deeper connections. And then from there, you know, you can do in your own time, whenever, how many times you want to meet people. 
but not have it too much as a strict sort of program of like this week we're going to go to this theme and then that mm-hmm. and then um, so it was really interesting and yeah the people that that uh, there were a few people that just instantly said I'm in you know like I don't need to see the deck you know like three <laughs> or four people they were like yeah I'm in like I, I don't have to I was like I made this beautiful deck and like no okay I'll show it <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny uh, there were some people that wanted to know who was in the network <laughs> but I obviously started with just me you know yeah. so it was also interesting like how do you start a network from scratch because hmm. in a way the network is is a big part of the value it's not the only thing but it is a big part of it like who is in this network you know why would I join or not <clears throat> so some people are kind of waiting for others to join so they would feel like oh yeah I want to hang out with these people yeah um and there were some like last minute sort of evolutions because I, I asked the, the universe for the best possible constellation mm-hmm. for the 11 founding members. And then like, yeah, some people last minute kind of stepped out and then literally like two new people stepped in. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy. Like on Friday night, somebody, uh, a friend of mine, Dan, he lives in Spain, uh, he'll meet him. And he was uh, saying like, yeah. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm in London. I booked a ticket to Amsterdam. So apparently I'm going to join tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, oh, wow, it's perfect because one person just canceled. So now we're with 11, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it feels really intuitive and really like sort of, uh, yeah, like a, not so much a, a mind-based decision, but more like a gut feel, like mm. a trust, like, all right, I feel this. Let's go. So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you for setting up this uh, initiative. And when will be uh, the, f- the next uh, physical meeting? Because I think there's a few uh, physical days a year, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's for uh, like elevation days. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I thought it was going to be every week like Zoom calls. But then more and more people were replying about the physical yep. thing. So I was like, let's, let's adjust and adapt and, and innovate. Um, so the the 11 founding members are now already, as you know, <laughs> in a WhatsApp group where we can connect and, and share. Uh, it's kind of warming up, you know, the official membership starts on the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still going to add 11 more because in the beginning I counted on 22 founding members mm-hmm. go live on 11-11 and it became 11 members yeah. of 11-11. <laughs> so I also just... Uh, I also accept when things are not exactly how I thought they were going to be and just, mm. just adapt from there. But I calculated also the yeah, the finances based on 22 members mm. So and there's still space. So we're, we're going to start uh, with max 22 on the 1st of January. Uh, and then uh, the next cohort starts in April. So there will be like a, a waiting list and yeah, I'm building like the the application and, and together we're going to think about kind of the governance and it's like how do we how do we grow this in a, in a conscious way in a, in a yeah in a fair way with mm-hmm. each other in a transparent way um, and the next uh, physical meetup will be in uh, February mm-hmm. so, yeah and who will you invite as a teacher or speaker is it already known <laughs> uh, yeah it's not set in stone yet uh, I've been um, I really want to co-create with uh, Zach Bush. Mm-hmm. He's a, a medical doctor um, and he is working with Dave Murphy, is an amazing friend of mine, lives in Australia. 
uh, and uh, yeah, I know they had a conversation about it. So there is, so I'm just like planting seeds, and and it's not like pushing, but more inviting, mm. you know. And uh, and I also realized it's not so much about um, having a speaker on a stage, but more having incredible people together to to really meet each other, mm. you know, to look each other in the eye, to 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 share our discomfort with each other, mm. you know, to, because I really believe the more we are able to be in the best shape of our lives individually and, and together, the better we will be in relationship with everything, you know, our partners, our, our dogs, our, our house, the planet, our businesses. Um, yeah, it just creates like a, a ripple effect of positive change, uh, but it starts from you, right, from, from the inside. And that's what I loved about the first opening circle. You were there in a, on, through a, a laptop screen. Mm-hmm. So that was, we did our best to make it hybrid. But after that, we also, yeah, we did like some, some exercises of um, uh, like trust building, you know, like who of this group do you trust the most? Mm-hmm. And then you put your hand on someone that you trust the most. And then we just unravel and ask, like, how, how is that? Uh, like, why do you put your hand on Jasper? You know, or why didn't you put your hand on someone? And then we would ask, who do you trust the least? And that's like very difficult, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I have to put my hand on someone I don't trust. And, and that's like a way to learn about our projections. Like, what is trust, actually? Mm-hmm. You know, and why do I feel resistance? You know, um, so I believe like the more we go deeper into our individual human experience in the full spectrum, like all emotions, you know, and, and, and just be open about it and share it, that sometimes you do feel really down, you know, or you feel depressed. Like, it's okay. We all have our waves, you know. We don't have to pretend that it's always perfect. Like, it doesn't exist. Like, it's a world of duality. And the more we start to see that, then we can support each other better. So, yeah, and a lot of these things I've also learned uh, with Sacred Sons, like men's work, like mm-hmm. leadership training was a lot about, um, yeah, just being human, you know, <laughs> like uh, human school, like earth school. Because so. um, I checked uh, the website of Sacred Sons and at the front page it says connecting men to their purpose, which I think is a powerful um, uh, statement. And recently... Um, Five years ago, I read a book about David Daida, about uh, things for men like career, money, women. And um, he said that never put your women on one, put your purpose on one and, and women on second, otherwise he doesn't like you. <laughs> um, so when I saw The Sacred Sons, it reminded me of that book for mm. some reason. But can you share a bit about how you've experienced Sacred Sons? Uh, yeah, so, so what it means to you. Mm. Yeah, so for me, I've struggled almost my entire life to have healthy relationships with men. Mm. Uh, to uh, yeah, and it comes from uh, yeah being being abused as a child, mm. uh, and uh, now it's quite easy to talk about it. But for a long time, I didn't even know. It was so deep in me that I didn't know. But it had effect on everything. I couldn't trust men and I was more hanging out with, with the women or the girls, you know, and I felt more safe there and all these things, which is a very common theme with people that, that struggle with, with this. Like, 
one out of five men uh, have been abused as a child, mm. uh, but nobody really speaks about it, or at least not not enough people. Um, and I do think there are spaces where you can or cannot do it, or f and that's the space from from within yourself, like when you when when you have looked at it, or what. Let's say for myself, like me looking at that, going through it, and releasing all the pain and the trauma, and has helped me to now be able to to have it as my strength, you know? So I'm not mad at it. It's uh, It's been a lot, um, but with Sacred Sons, I've really learned how to to just look it in the eye, you know, and, and really uh, meet other men who also have so much shit, you know, like everyone else. And, and I was never used to speak about it, you know, and was ashamed of it. And, you know, I've, I've had, all different kinds of, of, of addictions, you know, and that was just because I was numbing my emotions connected to those traumas, mm -hmm. um, which can develop into diseases also, you know, mentally, physically, it's all connected. So what Sacred Sons creates is a space for men to uh, yeah, come together and, and really embody like masculinity in its full form, which is to yeah, be a leader, you know, for yourself first and for your family and, 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 and for your business. Like, it has also effect on everything. Um, they also say uh, brotherhood is the medicine. Mm. Uh, so I've, I've, I've been uh, to like four or five different events. And so I've witnessed like hundreds of men going through so many different processes, mm. including myself. Um, and then it's like, oh my God, there's so much work to do. And I'm not alone, you know, wow, there's so much, there's so much pain that, that just wants to be seen, mm. you know? And uh, I think the generation of our parents, they didn't have those spaces, you know? It's like, you don't talk about your emotions, no. you know? Just, just, just put it under the rug, you know, it's fine. Like, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah. All right, do you feel fine or do you feel fucked up? Like, come <laughs> on, let's talk about it. And um, in a safe way, and and that's what uh, yeah, what I've learned a lot from from working with them, and uh, yeah. So you say it's about men, and uh, it also influences the relationship you have with men, and uh, of course, an important relationship is a father-son mm. uh, relationship. So what have you learned? Uh, whatever you want to share about it, about your relationship with your father mm. through sacred sons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot. It's uh, it was mostly a lot of recognition from seeing basically almost everyone, every man that I've ever seen, at least in these containers where we've spoken about it. That uh, for a lot of men, it, it is quite challenging the relationship with father and son. Mm -hmm. And um, and for me also, it was like I always felt that I wasn't good enough for my father. That I, that I, you know, and and we. There is no real initiation anymore, mm. you know, uh, in the tribes uh, when we were still living in tribes then. And it's still in the tribes that, you know, in the Amazon or in different places where people live, live as a tribe. They have these initiations from, from boyhood to manhood, you know, like when do you become a man? Is it when you're 35? <laughs> Is it when you're 50? I think 38. I'm 37 now. <laughs> <laughs> you're almost there. I mean, yeah. Next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, you're a man. <laughs> you made it. Congrats. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I once met a girl in my life. We really connect well. 
and sometimes we thought oh maybe we're a good connection but she said jasper come back to you when people consider you to be a man <laughs> you're still a boy she oh, said, yeah. she said, but come back to me when you're a man okay so maybe next year send her the back. podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah so so that and that, that really got me thinking I, I also read a lot of books about it like this book iron john is really nice it's like yeah if if it's not available anymore then we have to create it ourselves mm-hmm. and, and and sacred sons is one of those you know initiatives and you have uh, the gathering of men in the netherlands by oscar you know it's also like there are different initiatives and i think it's just a matter of finding like where does it resonate for you mm-hmm. as a man um and there are women's circles also right so i feel it's important to do the work with men and then also men and women together, which mm. I see also with Conscious 500. It's and what you also do with your with your retreats, right? It's 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 bringing the masculine and feminine within everyone, not just men and women, but the energies, like more more as one, mm-hmm. uh, because um, yeah, there's a whole rabbit hole about the patriarchy and mm-hmm. you know how that's affected everything, our lives, our businesses, and like going really hard with everything and really a lot of masculine energy. And that also means that men didn't know anymore how to take care of themselves, hmm. to nurture themselves. You know, you got to be strong as a man, but you also, you cannot be strong all the time and then you're going to fall down. You know, hmm. you got to also you know, like go to a sauna, you know, or just hmm. chill or take a rest or meditate or like love yourself. That's the feminine energy. Um, and so, so, so for me, the relationship with my father based on, working with sacred sons has shifted into me becoming a man you know mm. really and uh and it's not a <laughs> it's not like a sticker on your forehead like <laughs> you made it no but i felt the shift when i when i met my father at some point again and it was like yeah i've let you go you know it's like you're on your own you yeah. know and i was like wow i felt so good you know like oh, i'm i'm hundred percent responsible for my own life like yeah. full ownership no matter how difficult um and that oh it was such a good feeling and now it's like we're just like homies you know we're like more uh, your friend level yeah it's it's like uh it's, it will always be my father of course but i'm i'm now more when i'm spending time with him yeah kind of receiving like the energy of like how, how much of a legend he is you know it's like <laughs> I, I couldn't fully see it also you yeah. know because i was still thinking like i'm not good Liv- enough a living legend he's still alive right? he's alive he's yeah. a living legend he's a living legend <laughs> yeah i was like man like he's so he's powerful you know and he's like he gets things done and he doesn't let anyone fuck with him you know it's like wow that's like and i was when i was still a boy kind of afraid of it and I couldn't understand it and now it's like woof, like oh we're both men you're my father I'm your son but we're both men and that's really a good feeling so, that's yeah. amazing <laughs> and um, uh, David Daida also says in his book uh, live as if your father uh, is not alive anymore and he doesn't of course uh, mean to say eh, don't love your father or, or uh, ignore him but more make your own choices as if he's not alive mm. so after Sacred Sons and you said you're on your own um, so what has shifted in your thoughts or in your actions or in your deeds? <laughs> yeah, that nobody's going to save you or me, you know, I'm only, I'm the only one who can take care of myself. Hmm. 
that's it fully and um, so that meant saying no to a lot of things that were draining me or that it was I, I still had a bit that feeling like ah, yeah, like they can they can still help me or take care of it you mm. know a little bit like um, you mean your parents or other people yeah and also other people just still a bit in that role of um, yeah not a victim but more like yeah, I guess more boy or a child, a little bit still like, yeah, but somebody will, somebody will save me, you know, like, <laughs> come on, like, I know so many people, like, but, but no one's going to save me, you know, I can only save myself and, um, and people can support me, but it's not saving, you know, like mm. the only relationship that will be forever is the one with myself. So that's the most important relationship to nurture. And, and, and if I'm, taking 100% ownership of myself, having compassion that I cannot do it perfectly. Like, you know, I get sometimes still annoyed and I have to learn to deal with these emotions, but I'm aware that it's not me. Uh, so I don't let it drag me down anymore. It's like, it's an experience. I go through it and I focus on just, you know, doing the work, like, like being the best person I can be for myself and for my partner and for the companies and my friends, my family, and, you know, and, 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 and make the best of it, you know, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Every day when I wake up, it's like another day. I'm like, wow, That's, I made it another day. <laughs> We're alive. Yeah. That's beautiful. It sounds really inspiring. I might sign up as well. I, uh, I met three men over the past years and we check in every two weeks where we share a bit of our lives, uh, a bit like a men's circle. Um, but if people want to participate in Sacred Sons, how does the entry program look like or what's the entry point? Yeah, so they have different events. They're, they have um, immersions. Mm -hmm. It's like a two-day sort of dip your toes into men work experience. That was my first time one and a half year ago in mm -hmm. Amsterdam. Um, yeah, it's like two full days and, and there's nothing to lose from that, you know. No. It's a good way to sort of meet other men and, and learn some of the practices and release some emotions. And, and then there is, uh, yeah, you can go in a lot of different ways. They have, mm. uh, it's called EMX. It's like embodied masculine experience. It's like four days. I've been to one in, uh, Portugal with 50 men also. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's like deeper, you know, like, because there's more space to connect and it's like, there are no women. So you're just fully with men, like four days in a safe container to, yeah, to go in, you know, do the work and and it's not only what I've experienced that where I go through personally, um, but also the process of every other man, you know, it's like that that is already healing, you know, yeah. if somebody else is, is healing the relationship with his father, I feel that it changes in me also, it's like, mm. oh, wow, yeah, like, like broadening the perspective, like sort of opening up to like, oh, wow, or, you know, and, and so, yeah, you, you can go as deep as you want, of course. So it's also, uh, it's a choice. And, um, and they have leadership training. So I've done their LT1, it's called Leadership uh, Training 1, I guess. <laughs> and that was 10 weeks. Um, and um, yeah, now I've also been supporting at their global event called Convergence. It was in Scotland with 150 men. Mm. Uh, it was also like four or five days. And uh, yeah, really powerful. <laughs> And what would yeah. you say, um, um, yeah, thank you for that. What would you say is the, the, 
the common challenge in father-son relationships, so not necessarily in, in yours, but from men you've spoken with, what would you say is, is the challenge in that important relationship? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think that men, uh, fathers deep inside feel that they want to raise a man, or that their son becomes a man, but what is the definition of that? And when is that like that? Mm-hmm. That's unclear. So I think that's a big challenge. And that a lot of fathers, they had to learn it from their fathers, so like our grandfathers, who had even less access to the information we have right now, for example, and that we know that we can you know, talk about our emotions and, and, and heal ourselves. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's just about... Uh, the unconscious, you know, like what we don't, what they didn't know, you know, mm. and what we also don't know. And then our children will <laughs> look at us probably like, <laughs> like, why don't you just, you know, just bleep, you know, like bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> or I don't know how, how our kids will communicate. But <laughs> well, sacred sons, I might, uh, might sum up. Uh, every time I meet a guest from a podcast, I'm inspired at least uh, in one way. So I'll, I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> I'm also curious um, if we look at um, mindset. So you've been able uh, to start a backpacker intern, to start a, a create a large following. And now with Conscious 500, your intention is also to create a movement. How would you describe your, your mindset or your approach to life or to projects? Hmm. And yeah. the reason I'm asking it, you seem to, you seem good in, you know, attracting people attracting opportunities I don't want to say effortlessly because of course you put effort in it but yeah mm. what's your approach yeah good one <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a daily practice to um, yeah just love myself deeper you know and trust myself deeper every day just like come on like, um, and there's also like I've always been so curious you know I just want to I just like to explore. I want to figure things out. And, and, and now I release the need that I need to know. But I still like to know. I love to know. And it's cool to, to, to discover. And I'm not afraid to fall or get punched in the face. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, I can handle it. Like, okay, let's go. Let's dance, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like the... Of course, I still, I hear the voices like everybody else, like inner critic of like, yeah, how do you know this is going to work? Or like, who's going to join? Or what are people going to think? Or they think it's woo-woo or, you know, you're a hippie <laughs> or whatever. Like, and that's fine. Like these voices are, are, they're just, they're just here, but it's not the voice that I have to listen to. Um, so I, I just listen to. Yeah, my, my deep inner knowing and the trust of like, yeah, I'd rather be someone that did something than someone that has only talked about what I what I say that I'm going to do, mm. but not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so you want to be someone that implements. Yeah, I already am. Like, yeah. I'm just creating things, yeah. uh, you know, and I feel we are creators, you know, like that's the origin of, of I believe, what we're doing here on this planet. Mm. You know, we're... <laughs> you can create anything, yeah. literally. And I'm still, still limited, you know, because I, I do. This is also based on 
a lot of ceremonies, but also a lot of talks with so many wisdom teachers and like, like we think we know that, that we can create our own reality, but like, it's, it's like, we have no idea, you know? And so I like to, to explore that and just kind of like open up more and see what happens, you know, mm. like, phew, whoa, what if, we, if I think even bigger, let's see what happens. And, um, yeah, sometimes that means I get smacked down and then I learn from it. And so I take a smaller step. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I just love the process of creation. Yeah. So it's a daily practice, you say, loving yourself deeper, trusting yourself deeper, and also being someone that puts thoughts into action that resonates with me. People that keep talking about what they want to do, but they'll do it. It's, I feel <laughs> irritation. Yeah. Then I start questioning, you know, like what are your, what's still holding you back? Mm. So that's kind of your approach. And I'm also curious, um, I'm also someone that, that generates ideas, but for instance, Conscious 500, a backpacker intern, can you remember the specific moments when these ideas came to you? Like, is it under the shower? Is it walking? And how how does that IG generation process go for you? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have so many ideas all the time, mm -hmm. you know, even now in this conversation, I'm like, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of cool things. Um, and I used to, yeah, like sort of, that I wanted to do something with it immediately. Like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I, like, I would say like after this podcast, hey, Jasper, you should do like, we should do a men's work retreat. Like, ah, you know, and, it, and connect it with this yeah. and do that. And then, and then it is cool. It might still be a really good idea. So that's one of the ideas I just saw, you know. And I, and, but then I learned that um, some ideas, uh, yeah, you can see them. You can almost imagine like there, it's like a butterfly that like and it lands like on your hand and it's like wow this is a great idea you know and then and then is it for me to take care of this idea or not and it's like oh maybe not now you know it's like all right i let it go and i give it back so it can land into somebody else's awareness that is able to actually do it because there's a lot of people that kind of they grab an idea i believe it's all like energy and mm -hmm. like the field we live in and then you take this idea and then but you don't do something with it it's like adopting a baby but you're not feeding the baby you're not looking at the baby you're just kind of like yeah i put it in the corner like it's fine you know maybe in four years like dude this child needs food you know it needs love it needs care it needs attention so now it's more uh yeah like uh um taking more time to be present with which idea is really deeply resonating with what i believe in where i am what i'm able to 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 connect it with and and you know how much love I can give it actually mm. you know and uh, so it means saying no a lot and and really hone in on like wow like mm, cacao is something that that I'm I'm fully dedicated to mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a one and a half year we've been working on it and and it hasn't it hasn't like bored me in any second, you know, no. it gives energy. It's also asking a lot. Um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it, the, for example, that name also how it, at some point it just came and mm -hmm. then it just, it, it just lands and I was like, wow, that feeling so good because then it, it feels like connecting with an idea that is asking to be named. So I think the metaphor mm -hmm. of like a child, you know, is, is pretty good actually to, um, yeah just as you name a child or a dog, like then it gets like an identity, you know, I think that's what we can do with our consciousness to connect 
something vague or in what's out there to make it in this reality like poof, oh now it's golden cacao or it's called conscious 500 it's called soul kitchen you know <laughs> without the name soul kitchen like would we have this conversation right now probably not <laughs> i see ideas can also serve as vehicles because i've done kula and soul kitchen people when they met you they think about me and now, now i'm here I want to dive deeper into cacao, but before we do that, I want to share briefly about how I approach ideas and uh, it has a similarity. So in the past, I jumped too quickly on ideas. Mm. So for instance, recently I walked for one month, um, the Camino de Santiago. Oh, nice. And all the ideas that I had, I rolled down <laughs> and I was like, if I still like them a few weeks after the Camino, I will implement them. Oh, wow. And, uh, so one idea, for instance, was to sign up for a psychology and philosophy course at the School of Life. <laughs> so I did it. One was to start creating an ad for the podcast, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Another was to plant one tree per Instagram follower. That's <laughs> also implemented. How do you do that? Um, like... So I did with Soul Kitchen. For everyone that follows us, we plant a tree with one tree planted. Mm. So we create that connection. That's cool. But then another idea that I didn't implement was like, um, a hmm. bit like Fortune 500, a lot of people want to become a millionaire. But I thought, how cool if you can become a tree millionaire. <laughs> so as a community, you plant trees together. Oh, yeah. you together, you plant tree millionaires. Oh. Then I thought, ah, I don't like actually the name, so I didn't do it. <laughs> but anyway, so it's a bit similar, hmm. writing it down before you uh, implement. Hmm. So one of the ideas you decided to commit your atten attention to is the hmm, cacao. Yeah. Uh, so can you share a bit about uh, the mission and uh, maybe the yeah the, the process until today. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the mission is to reconnect the hearts and minds of humanity, because we've seen that people are, yeah, global mental health crisis, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, and and that's just based on the people that have actually put in the data that they are suffering mentally and there's a majority of people are, are not even like talking about it so it's uh, i believe it's way bigger than than what the science says um and I, and what cacao does is it's helping to travel from from your head a few centimeters down to your heart mm -hmm. um and connect the heart and the mind so it's not like oh everything just from the heart and because I believe we have a heart and a mind for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, uh, they call it also brain-heart coherence. So it's when you're speaking from truth, from the heart, and connect your mind to that, then your mind can help to put it in action. Mm. It's like feminine, masculine energy, yeah. like those kind of, um, it's, a, it's a partnership, right? And mm. the cacao helps to, to start from the heart, like go deeper into the heart, so it, it is... Um, it's both good for your body and the mind and uh, uh, it has like magnesium so it's good for your muscles and the blood flows more uh, through your through your entire being uh, it has uh, flavonoids so it like reduces stress cortisol and it enhances like your creativity so for example i used to drink a lot of coffee in the whole day uh, but now I, I drink i still love coffee so i drink one coffee in the morning but then in the afternoon uh, just like we just did like i I take uh, cacao and then uh, coffee is a bit like a spike that goes up and then a, quite a hard downfall mm -hmm. and then you, you your body is kind of yeah stressed because it wants more caffeine uh, and then you get this boost again and you fall down mm -hmm. and as a lot of people they, they have their day like that mm -hmm. but with cacao it's more like a, a slow journey that 
it goes up and it's really slowly going down. It's like fading in and fading out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like, it's more like, ah, you know, that kind of energy. Um, and we've been doing that for, for years. You know, my first time was when I was traveling in Panama, uh, went to a cacao ceremony in the jungle somewhere <laughs> with like raw cacao and, and, uh, and I, I was like, man, these people are, they're like making animal sounds. And, and I was like, what is going on here? But I felt my heart just like, like opening up. I was like, wow, I get so much energy from it. Uh, and then I did a lot of ceremonies and studying like what cacao is, where it comes from. And, you know, it's like 5,000 year old medicine. You know, mm. it's like the Mayans and the, and the Aztecs were, were, they called it the food of the gods. You know, and it was for the for the elite. They were drinking mm -hmm. cacao to feel better, to be more inspired, and then to create with. Um, yeah, and then one and a half year ago, we uh, <laughs> with uh, with two friends that I was making music with here on the balcony. Uh, my friend Jamba walked in, and he was like, uh, "Guys, uh, I think you should create something uh, that." Uh, we don't have to work, you know? <laughs> we don't have to work. Yeah, like it doesn't, we don't want to feel like we're, we need to work for something as in the the old school way, like sitting in a cubicle, but something we love, you know? And of mm -hmm. course we do the work, but not like uh, <laughs> like the, the strict, like sort of, you know? Yeah, I guess in a way the old system or mm -hmm. however you call it. And we're like, oh yeah, that's cool. And like, and we're, we were realizing like, yeah, we... We, 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 we drink a lot of cacao and we love it and uh, and we know a lot of people all over the world so what if we just create our own brand you know mm -hmm. and, and, and connect it to a purpose driven mission and and do that it's like wow, wow that's a great idea and then yeah it just started to evolve and grow and yeah now we're with, with four um, four business partners uh, so one is uh, Filine is my, my partner also mm -hmm. and, uh, my girlfriend uh, and uh, Jamba, who is uh, Italian, and uh, Catalina, she's uh, from Colombia, uh, living in Spain, uh, and her family owns the farms where the cacao comes from. Mm. So it's uh, it's all like regenerative agriculture, and we've been there in January to visit the farms and uh, yeah, do a ceremony with the family and the farmers, and really like feel the land and yeah. And we just became a BV, like uh, it's like LLC kind of mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Zen farted, I think. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, it's not an audio of a, a smell podcast. It's not a smell podcast, no. <laughs> it's not a smell cast, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, and, and now, right, so we just became a BV, and now we're in the process to transition to steward ownership. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a different business model. Um, that is more focused on, uh, yeah, that it, the mission goes first mm -hmm. instead of, uh, extreme capital injections where people drift off from the mission of the company and yeah, everybody gets burned out and yeah. So it's a different way of approaching, yeah, I guess conscious business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And, um, how is it to collaborate with your, uh, partner? because <laughs> that's a mixing of um, yeah I mean yeah so you have different roles or how is that yeah it's awesome it's uh, it's like the, the I would say this could be the ultimate growth hack <laughs> <laughs> it could be yeah 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 because uh, I mean we, we we really really love working together we're really good at it also mm -hmm. we're like a really good team and obviously it has its challenges because we're 
yeah, working with other people and you know we, we live together we work together not full-time working together but we definitely spend quite a lot of time together and we love to be together so i mean that's great but then the challenges are um yeah it's like a deeper i cannot think about a, a deeper mirror to see myself than mm. than doing this with her mm. um, because yeah every time when there is something like discomfort or a struggle like we have to talk about it. It's no other way, you know, in general, you have to. Um, but if you're also working with other people, it is even more a responsibility to take care of like my emotions, mm. like she of her emotions and how we, how we deal with things in our relationship connected to the business. Mm. And, um, yeah. And the last one and a half year we've every week we've been doing like circles like online where we, with the team to really go deeper and talk about our emotions and our relationships and, and, and how we can just be with all the emotions that, that humans experience and, and not let it affect, uh, our decision-making and, and, and our mission, mm. but it's all part of it. You know, like everybody in all the calls has, has cried, has laughed, you know, all the different things have happened and yeah, we're stronger than ever. It's like, yeah, this is it, you know? That's beautiful. So <laughs> collaborating with your partner could be one of the biggest growth hacks that you ever experienced. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, yeah, yeah. That's that's beautiful. Because how has that transition been for you from being a nomad to now landing uh, again? Yeah, it was a quite, a, quite, quite a landing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because after 2014, in total, I've... I haven't been really home in seven years. So like seven years, like all over the world. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I just landed like a few months ago, you mm -hmm. know, like two and a half years or three years. So it's like, you know, in the Netherlands, you have the Efteling, mm -hmm. like the, the Python, yeah. the roller coaster. It's like a really fast roller coaster. And, uh, it, it felt like I've been in that for years. And then I, uh, and then I realized like, oh, I can step out of the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And then imagine how that feels when you step out of that roller coaster. You're like, whoa! <laughs> you know, I was good. My whole body was used to go go somewhere else the whole time, and now I'm like in one spot. Um, and I bought this house, which was a big shift. And the first year, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was like, I, I, I want to be here. You know, I just want to be one place. Know where my toothbrush is, <laughs> know where the supermarket is, know who my neighbor is. Know where everything is. Uh, and people want to ask me to go somewhere. I'm like, let's meet here. You know, like I, I want to just, I really missed like the roots of being in one space. So, mm. yeah. That's um, interesting. Both you and Rosa that I interviewed before have traveled a lot and have now landed in one space. <laughs> I'm also starting to feel the longing uh, to do that. So you guys are a beer for me. <laughs> And talking about traveling and getting to know yourself, you end your TED talk with the question, how far are you willing to travel to get to know yourself? <laughs> Why did you decide to end your talk with that question? Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that for a long time. Can you repeat it one more time? How far are you willing to travel to get to know yourself? Hmm. That's a question that you ended your uh, talk with. And then maybe related to that, you had another quote in your talk that says, the more people you know, the more you know yourself. <laughs> so oh, yeah. why did you choose these two quotes? That's um, so funny. Yeah. And it's funny, sometimes I interview people 
because I read the book or talk. But then for them, like it was a few years ago, so they don't even remember, which I can understand. But yeah. I, I put them here for you. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. It's like it's an it's an ever evolving lesson, I guess. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess the the one, how far are you willing to travel to get to know yourself? I first experienced that externally, hmm. that I wanted to go to all these places and meet all these people to know myself better. And now I'm more traveling like within myself. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, the full spectrum, you know, like uh, the dark and the light, like all my shadows, like all the the difficult things or uh, experiences from the past, you know, or, or dark thoughts, like all these things are also me, you know, me mm. getting to know myself is also part of me. Like everyone has dark thoughts. It's normal. Um, it's not bad. It's just what, what it's just part of the duality we live in. Um, and the other one is the more people you know, the more you know yourself. Yeah, I still believe that's true. <laughs> Because uh, I believe everyone is just a mirror to your soul. Mm. Uh, you know, you're a mirror to my soul and I'm a mirror to your soul to get to know each other or get to know yourself, you know. Um, on a deeper layer, I believe that we are all one. And I know it's a, a subject that people have different perspectives on. And, mm. and again, we don't fully know how it works, but I believe oneness is just everything. Mm. Is literally everything you can imagine and beyond what you can imagine is that is all who who i am and also who you are um so if i get to know you better i actually see a part of me mm. you know that i, that I get to know on a deeper level level yeah yeah i also wrote a song about it it's called mirror to my soul <laughs> mm. what's the song about what does it mean to you <laughs> um yeah, literally this actually. Yeah, it's like everyone you meet is 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 a mirror, and if you if you start to see it like that, then someone that can be kind of mad at you or negative or or and how you respond to that is is an equal mirror. It's like you're you're constantly creating your own experience based on a perspective. But if you see instead of a wall, you see a mirror. It's like hey, I'm I'm being triggered and being mad at myself when I'm mad at you. If if I would be mad at yeah. you, you know. So that's like the the practice and because what role and I, I have two questions we're nearly ending but what role does music play in your life because you're talking about a song mm -hmm. i see piano you're into sound journeys mm. um yeah so i wanted to touch upon that yeah yeah i mean i i love sound like i love sound i love music and, and i've i've always been really deep on music I know a lot of artists, but I always thought I couldn't do it. And even though I was in studios with all these people and being part of sometimes a bit of the co-creation, I was still thinking, ah, I'm the marketing guy. I'm just mm. like... And then uh, when I came back from the world trip three years ago, I, I had a lot of time and space and I, it was pandemic also. And so I, I bought a guitar and I, I wanted to just teach myself how to play it. At 35, I think I was. And... Um, my fingers hurting, you know, like if you just started, it's like so difficult. It's like, what? How do people do this? But I played every day and then and at some point the first song kind of came through and I think I wrote like a hundred songs now. And then I bought a piano and got into sound healing and, and I started to see like the, the 
interconnectedness of sound that we actually we are sound in a way we are vibrations like we're energetic beings that um yeah that are that are the whole time like sending and receiving different sounds and vibrations um and there are dissonant sounds that are not so good for you some of the music you hear is not always good for you uh in my perspective and uh, external sounds also can really affect your, your well-being. If you're in an office with a lot of like noise the whole time, I think you'll probably experience more stress than a space that is more acoustically designed to, to have space for, for presence and silence. Um, and, and, and sound is a way to, yeah, to kind of attune yourself mm. in, in full presence, you know, and because if, we're all like, you have all these different cells in your body and if they're charged with dissonant sounds, you probably feel a bit more off. Uh, but like these different instruments that I use, for example, like a Tibetan bowl or those kind of things, like they they help to bring your, your body and your cells into resonance. So it's like calming the mind and it's like tapping into the body's intelligence. And it also, yeah, it unlocks like like a, a, a different brainwave frequency and from there you can either way sleep or, or create or, or, or you know or be active in or it's good to be aware of those things so yeah a lot of worlds come together for me with sound yeah. so the sound you also plan to combine uh, with the conscious 500 ceremonial activities and also with the cacao right so it's all integrated yeah yeah it's like uh, it's cool how it's yeah, interconnected. So there's still different ideas, but they are like, uh, yeah, they, they, they support each other. Yeah. Because I love sound so much. And we, with the cacao, um, cacao, we um, recorded like sounds at the farms in Colombia mm -hmm. from the source. So like people that are touching the cacao and the rain and, and like the birds, the paradise birds. And, uh, and then we combine it with uh, guided meditations. So to support people with their mental health and their well-being, yeah, it's like a five, six minute sound journey where you hear the sounds from the source and like a guidance to help you be more present. And so, yeah, it's like, uh, and I have so many more ideas for this, but mm. uh, yeah, I love how these different passions kind of come together and support each other. Uh, Individually. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next elevation day and see how sounds will be incorporated. <laughs> yeah. And, um, one of my ideas behind, I mean, you're, you have a background in advertising, so you like concepts. But one of the things that surprised me is that there's thousands of cookbooks uh, with recipes uh, for, uh, for food or for dinner. But I never really found, let's say, a book with recipes for life. Hmm. So that's also why in the Soul Kitchen, I'm um, yeah, in search for, for recipes. And I ask my guests, like, can you share your recipe for life? Hmm. So based on, um, how old are you, if I may ask? Uh, 37 or 38? <laughs> you I forgot? I think 37. Yeah. Okay. I feel sometimes I'm, I'm like 160, uh, but also 28. Yeah. But I think it's 37. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm also 37. But based on 37 years of life experience, what's kind of a recipe that you want to share with the listener or with the watcher? Mm. Yeah. So my recipe for life for now <laughs> is to. Just go all in. Go know? all in. All in. Go all in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. With everything. Yeah. Like when you're alive, why not? You know, it's, uh, 
like it's a miracle we're alive we can experience this you know yeah. so create you know just just yeah go all in go all in <laughs> i love that man nice one thank you for a beautiful conversation <laughs> thank you man thanks everyone mm-hmm. uh, for listening and uh, see you at the next episode thank you aho aho <laughs> that's it nice